This is Brandon M. Crooker, and you're listening to the Apostolic Theory Podcast. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pentecostal Periodical Magazine, a 501c3 ministry with writers who believe and live apostolic doctrine. A few writers include Kelly Nix, Scott Phillips, Samantha Thrash, Neil Purcell, Larry Chocklin, Jeff Arnold, and more. You can subscribe at www.pentecostalperiodical.com. If you would like to join our writing team or would like to make a donation, email us at info at pentecostalperiodical.com. Today we have a very special guest with us. We have a brother, Andrew Foster. Uh, was a little bit uh, difficult uh, getting connected with uh, how busy both of our schedules are, but we finally made it happen, and here we are. I'm very excited about uh, this particular uh, subject matter, and I believe that if you'll just hang with us through the uh, entirety of this episode, you're going to be blessed. You're going to you're going to walk away with with um, with a renewed uh, sense of understanding. Uh, so very excited. Uh, Brother Foster, why don't you just tell our listeners a bit about yourself, your ministry, where you are, and what God's doing in your life. Thank you, Brother Crooker, for the invitation to be on the Apostolic Theory podcast. It's an honor. Um, I am in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We have been here to plant a new church uh, since the summer of 2018, so we're coming up on four years. And uh, I was raised up in an apostolic home both my parents as single young people came to know the lord in their 20s in east tennessee and uh i'm just honored and privileged and thankful every day of my life that they raised me in truth and in the house of the lord so i was assisting my father for many years in a home missions work in roswell new mexico and then god called us to albuquerque and uh, we plan to be here for a long long time uh, my wife is also the daughter of church planters, so we feel like it runs in our blood. And now it's been a joy to see our children get to experience some of the things that we experienced as children. Uh, we also love music and have dabbled a bit in some singing and recording. Uh, you can find that kind of stuff at uh, thefosters.site. So we're just uh, thankful to be in the will of God and in the work of the Lord. It's an honor and a privilege to be part of the kingdom of God. That sounds tremendous. That's exciting, church planning. That's um, that's a lot, but uh, as long as you're in the will of the Lord and, and, and God is blessing it, and it sounds like he is, um, that's, that's very exciting. Uh, But as we get into yes, as we get into the um, the topic of faithfulness and and uh, that faithfulness, you have to be faithful to be able to be fruitful. Um, I'm very excited to hear what you what you've prepared and, and what you have to say on the topic. So uh, let's just let's let's dive right in. Yes, sir. Well, you know what? As a church planner, um, it has come to my attention and watching my parents, my in-laws, 
in the work of planting a church. It's come to my attention that there is a lot of misconception sometimes in the kingdom of God about the definition of success. And maybe that's a whole other topic. But what I have on my heart plays into that. And that is that when you start to look at it, the Bible really has a lot to say to us about the power of longevity, the power of sticking with it, the power of lasting, uh, the long game, if you will. That's a phrase that I'll probably mention several times. You know, as a church planter, we can have great services, great music, and bring in a lot of guests, and we can get people connected to the church, and uh, we love to do that. But the real growth happens in, for example, home Bible studies, where I'm in the same home every week for months on end. And sometimes that becomes a relationship of years. Um, There are stories that I have lived, both as a child, as a teenager, and now as an adult, that I have seen God take a seed that was planted 10, 15, or 20 years prior to someone's conversion, and God has brought it to fruition. But it could not have happened if someone in that situation was not faithful, that 10 or 15 or 20 years down the road, they were still there. They were still speaking the same truth of the word of God, and they were still available to do the will of God and to minister to the needs of the people around them. And so uh, it's been on my heart to speak to the church, the body of Christ, in a culture that values instantaneous success, sudden fame, get rich quick, the faster the better. God has called us to a life of faithfulness. And the word of God speaks to us that that faithfulness will produce fruit. When we moved to Albuquerque four years ago, there was a little spindly peach tree in the backyard. And uh, the first season we were here, it had no fruit on it. And the second season, we began to watch that spindly peach tree. In the spring, it had some beautiful blossoms. But I realized that that little bitty peach tree that had not been very well taken care of was not ready to bear fruit because the weight of any fruit would have literally taken those twig-like branches to the ground either busted them or bent them or put the fruit sitting right on the dirt. And so I told my kids, we've got a process of time, but if we're patient and if we'll work with it, this peach tree will bring forth fruit. I think about that as it pertains to what the word of God tells us. You know, the word of God has a lot to say, interestingly, about trees and vines And I want to contrast that in your mind here for a minute Mm. with the scriptures about crops. So we know that there's some lessons to be learned and some parables that Jesus told about crops, about seed in a field, and all of that is good. And we know that crops are something that you have to plant annually, and you've got to tend, and they need the rain, and they need the right conditions, 
to have a great harvest. But there's a lot that's said in the word of God about trees and vines, which are completely different than your seasonal crops. Trees and vines are planted purposefully, meaningfully, strategically, and they're planted for the long haul. They're planted for the purpose of bringing forth fruit, not over the course of weeks or months, but over the course of years. Many people are very familiar with the passage in Psalm chapter 1, blessed is the man but he, uh, that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Verse 3 really gets my attention, that he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Verse 4 says, the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. So there's a purposeful contrast between verse 3 and verse 4. Verse 3 is the tree that's planted strategically and is going to continually bring forth fruit in its season. Verse 4 is the annual crop. And as they beat out on the threshing floor, the fibers of those plants literally become like dust that just blows away in the wind. And this contrast is repeated in the word of God. We read in Psalm chapter 92, verse 12, that the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. And the very next verse says, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age they shall be fat and flourishing that word fat meaning fertile and they're still bringing forth and they're flourishing they're still green they're still abundant blessing in that tree and the more i begin to study this and begin to look at it the more i realize when the bible talks to us about trees and vines it speaks to us of the course of a life a life well-lived, and a life established for a purpose. And I began to recognize that in the culture we're living in, it can be difficult for people to accept that the fruit that God wants to bring out of your life is not necessarily the fruit of a week or a month or even a year, but it's the fruit of a long, faithful life. There's so many people that we can look at and admire. Almost everybody, when they think of someone they admire, they respect highly, they come to someone who has a record of faithfulness. Someone who is dependable. Someone who will stick with it. And this is simple, and yet it's revelatory, it's profound, because so much of what we see and hear and are surrounded by every day in the world is transitory, temporary. It's here today, gone tomorrow. It's up and down. It's the 24-7, 365 news cycle. It's always looking for something new. 
my dad has been in the city of Roswell, New Mexico for uh, almost 27 years. And uh, I distinctly remember as a teenager being with him, with uh, another brother and uh, a good man. I have no idea where this man is today, but I remember a conversation. This man had uh, at the time, recently moved to a town in New Mexico, and he was there to pastor a church. And he said, if we're not running a 100 in three years, I'm gone. And I remember my dad as a home missionary, as a church planter, a man who was not raised in the church or in the truth, but who had come to know the Lord later in his life. I remember him just kind of meditating on that for a moment and then saying to that brother, I hope I'm wrong, but if that's your attitude, you might as well leave now. And uh, my dad's not one to beat around the bush. He's not one to uh, um, mince words. But I thought about that, and I realized the problem was uh, not that the problem wasn't that the man wanted growth. That was good. The problem wasn't that he was zealous for the things of God. That's wonderful. The problem was that he already had it laid out in his mind what fruitfulness would look like. And he already had in his mind what defeat and unfruitfulness would look like. And he had predetermined, and I think there's a lot of people doing this today. I hope they'll hear what I'm saying. He had predetermined that if he didn't get the results he wanted within a short space of time, he was going to call it quits. He was going to give up and walk away. And I want to encourage somebody today to recognize God's plan for your life is going to play out and be unfolded over the course of many faithful years. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17 and verse 7, the word of the Lord says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is, for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters. Here's this picture again. And that spreadeth out her roots by the river. There's the river again. And shall not see when heat cometh. There's another reference to the fact that the leaf will not wither in a time of drought, but her leaf shall be green. And she shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. And so it's like, wow. Scripture after scripture and reference after reference speaks to us of the idea of a life that is well established by a river of living water, a life that is planted purposefully and strategically by Almighty God himself. And this life is going to last and it's going to spread and it's going to share its wealth and its bounty and its shade over the course of years and when the hard times come this is the beauty of it when the hard times come this tree that's planted and is in it for the long haul this tree is going to survive times of drought times of heat and it's still going to be fruitful and this is the picture that started to arrest my attention that the word of god is giving us an idea of what it is to be faithful and fruitful. I began to look at the facts surrounding the trees mentioned in the word of God. 
and I have more scriptures to share. Uh, we'll see kind of how far we get here. But I began to note that uh, the Hebrew Bible primarily mentions six types of fruit. And many of these appear dozens of times in the word of God. Grapes, obviously. Figs, olives, pomegranates, dates, and apples. There are also, apart from those fruits, frequent references to the cedars of Lebanon. Most people know that in reference to the temple that Solomon built. Prized, these trees were prized for their beautiful and durable wood. And there was a reason for that because the tree, the cedars of Lebanon have been said to live over a thousand years on the maximum end of their lifespan. Now think about that. We're talking about a tree that will see the rise and fall of empires, a tree that will outlast rulers and dictators, a tree that will just stand the test of time. And this is part of why they were so prized uh, is because the age of the tree lent great value to it and great strength to it. Uh, The cedars of Lebanon have amazing qualities to their roots. Uh, Their roots have um, the ability to almost drill through even solid rock and uh, to get established and firmly settled in a place where they cannot be moved and they will be able to survive even in adverse conditions. Begin to think about our lives, you know. Conditions are not always just right, and conditions sometimes are difficult. And sometimes there's going to be persecution, and there's going to be difficult ground, if you will. But the tree, the vine, can stand the test of time. Of course, grape vines are uh, prized for their longevity. There are uh, vineyards in the world that date back hundreds of years Um, There are vines that are known to produce well into those old age. Uh, We can talk about olives. It's amazing to consider that there is an olive tree that was investigated uh, and said to have lived more than 2,000 years. Imagine a tree in Greece that is still alive and bearing fruit that may have been there when the apostles were walking the earth. And uh, just amazing things about these trees. All of these trees mentioned over and over in the word of God are trees that last a long, long time. And I want to know what the word of God is trying to say to us about that. Another thing to note about these trees, figs, and date palms and pomegranates is they do not necessarily bring forth fruit early in their lifespan. I've known uh, young people or new converts who have been frustrated in certain areas of their life. They have felt that they are not fruitful. And, uh, We know that by the power of the Holy Ghost and when we're planted by that river of living water, which is the Holy Ghost, uh, we're in a good place. And yet even a tree planted there in a good place is not going to bring forth fruit 
for several years. And the reason is because of what we saw here in Albuquerque with our little peach tree in the backyard. The tree is not strong enough. The limbs are not thick enough. It takes some time. It takes some seasons of life for that tree to develop the strength that it needs to actually bear fruit. Early in its life, any of these fruit trees or the vine will put out small pieces of fruit. Pieces of fruit that usually are discarded because they are small, they're immature, if you will. They're not fully developed, but it's the beginning because as that tree starts to put forth that small, early fruit, it is lending strength to the branches. It is causing those branches to build up some resilience to carry that weight. And so year after year, the fruit gets a little larger and a little fuller and a little more appealing because the branches are gaining strength and the root system is going further and deeper and gaining access to more nutrition. And all of these things, I mean, the more you think about it, the more wonderful it becomes to see the word of God comparing our lives to these fruitful trees and vines. The book of Isaiah chapter 61 says, and many people know this verse, it's, it's a part of the prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ. But skipping to verse 3, it says, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. What is this about, this idea of orchards and vineyards planted by the Lord, planted in a strategic place for a certain time and a certain situation? It's really about the fact that when we are the planting of the Lord, that word planting means literally the garden or the vineyard of the Lord. When we are the Lord's and we are allowing him to establish us and to place us where he wants us to be and to give us the resources and nutrition and water that we need and we are growing in him, the reason is that he might be glorified. He is going to be glorified in a life that allows him to plant us, establish us, work on us, dig about us, prune us. I'm going to get to that next. And otherwise cultivate us, train us, teach us to become fruitful lives. You know, I'm convinced Brother Crooker, that many believers are not fruitful in part because they are impatient. Wow. And I want to ask those listening today, what are you living for? Is it for a momentary emotional experience? Is it for a spiritual one-night stand? The truth is, even though we all complain that we don't have enough time, the truth is all we have is time. 
we have the rest of our lives in front of us. And what are we going to do with it? I live in a section of the country, um, and some that are listening will know this to be true. In New Mexico, in Arizona, in West Texas, in Utah, Colorado, in this Western country, we have these huge, wide open spaces in between towns and cities. And churches have sometimes struggled in this part of the world. And I've been here in this part of the world my whole life in a ministry family and observing and watching how these things play out. And what we realize is that a lot of times good people, men and women with a burden and a calling on their life, have come into this part of the country and have begun to do a work for the Lord But because they did not see the results they wanted within a certain period of time, they became discouraged and they left and they walked away. And it's not just here. It's happened all over the world. And I wonder how many more thriving apostolic churches might there be in the world if a man, a woman, a family would stick and put down roots for 10 15, 20, 30 years. A great man of God um, from California, I'm not going to name the name in case I have it wrong. I could look it up, but I don't have it right in front of me. He told a young preacher who was heavy with a burden to plant a church in a city. He said, brother, if you're called of God, you need to go to that city and you need to buy your grave plot. He said, because if this is the call of God, this needs to be the work of the rest of your life. Wow. That's the way it's going to happen. That's the way it's going to get done. And that can extend beyond church planting. How many more believers could be financially stable if they would commit to the principles of God's word, not for six months, but for six years? How many could reach a soul if they were invested in more than just handing out a track or knocking a door, but they began to pour themselves into one person or one family for weeks and months and even years through prayer, home Bible study, friendship, fellowship, not giving up easy, not taking the first exit ramp that comes along, but putting down roots and committing to be fruitful in the kingdom of God through faithfulness. We all know that there are reasons to relocate. There are reasons, uh, sometimes very valid reasons to change jobs or change positions or change cities or towns, change churches. But consider that the most successful people are those who have poured themselves into something and have stuck with it for the long haul. And absent some kind of extenuating circumstances, my advice to the people of God is if you're, if you're in a church with a good pastor who preaches and teaches the truth, 
and you want to be fruitful, put down roots, get established and settle and stick around. Because God can't give fruit to weak, immature, spindly seedlings and immature vines. There's got to be some growth on us and some resilience on us that comes as a result of faithfulness. Days, weeks, months, years. God wants our lives, our homes, our marriages, our employment, every part of our life to be fruitful. Why? Because we're the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. That's the purpose. Jesus said in John chapter 15, I'm the true vine. My father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, hear this, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Now, growing up in church, I didn't understand verse 3. Now ye are clean. So I started studying it, and I realized, oh, this is right back to the principles of orchards and vines. When he said, now ye are clean, he said, you're being purged. You're being cut on. All the dead limbs and all the diseased limbs and all the weak limbs are being cut away. That's the clean. You are clean through the word. And so over the process of time, God, through his word, through our personal life in the word and life of prayer, and through the word of God preached to us, preaching is still God's plan to save us and to help us. And through the word of God in our lives, he cleans us, he purges us, he takes away dead, diseased, and weak parts of us so that we can continually be made stronger and ready for more fruit. He said that's the purpose. In verse 4, he says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Verse 6 says, If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. In verse 8, he says, Herein is my Father glorified. There it is again, just like the book of Isaiah chapter 61. What is the purpose of our faithful, fruitful lives God is going to be glorified. In John 15, 80, he says, Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. In verse 16, he says, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. You know what that word ordained means? It doesn't mean that they, had their, that they were laid hands upon by the ministry and ordained in the ministry. But if you look back at the Greek, that ordained means that they are placed in a strategic place. He says, I've ordained you. Nobody plants an orchard or a vineyard by accident. And God, certainly the master of the universe, 
doesn't plant his people haphazardly or without investment. He has placed us very strategically and purposefully that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. Now, that's another phrase that sometimes we read but don't fully understand. That is referring exactly to what Psalms and Isaiah and Jeremiah mentioned about the fruitful life. And that is that we are still going to be fruitful years and years down the road. That your fruit should remain means that it's not here today and gone tomorrow, but it lasts And even in old age, the Bible says, they're going to be fruitful. And that your fruit should remain means that you can have a lifetime of fruitful years. Remember what we said earlier, it might start small. But the stronger the tree gets and the larger the tree gets, the more that the Lord cuts on the vine, and prunes and purges and cleanses the vine, the larger and the stronger it gets, and the more and more fruit it bears. And the fruit-bearing years of these trees in the Word of God are just astounding. Uh, The grapes I mentioned can continue to bear fruit uh, into a 100 years or more. The olive tree, into the hundreds and hundreds of years, even over a thousand years, and can still bring forth fruit. The figs, uh, those trees have been known to live as long as 200 years and can bring forth fruit well into old age. Uh, The date palms uh, reach full bearing fruit at 10 to 15 years. That's Think about that. 10 to 15 years of a tree growing before it is at maximum fruit-bearing potential. And those date palms are known to live as long as 150 years. And the lists just go on and on. All fruit trees, even in the United States and North America, they have several years at the beginning of their life before they bring forth. And then their lives are long and fruitful. There's an old saying that says the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. (laughs) And so what I want to say today is in this culture that's inundated with messages of instant gratification and quick success, the natural process, let me say that again, the natural process of growth may feel like an eternity. Wow. But I want you to know there's nothing wrong with you as long as you're growing. God is preparing you for a faithful, fruitful life. Wow. That is tremendous. You know, and, and as you got talking, I was I was thinking about when when Jesus sees the tree that doesn't that's not bearing any fruit. Mm-hmm. And he curses it because it doesn't bear fruit. 
But if we look at it from this perspective, it makes a lot more sense. Yes. Because Jesus knew all things. He, he understands all things. He created all things. So he knew that that tree had to have been there up to a point to be able to bear fruit. Yes. And so it, it was it was there for probably at least 15 years if that if you were to say that that was the average or right you know and it wasn't bearing fruit and so he what does he do he curses he curses the tree and then it dies yeah yes and and when you look back at that passage it's interesting because in the book of Mark chapter 11 it specifically says that he was hungry. He was looking for something to eat and he saw in the distance this fig tree that should be bringing forth. Wow. And he went to it and he, he found that it doesn't have anything on it. And, uh, and you're exactly right. He knows all things and he knows what should be. I'm reminded also that Jesus told that parable about a husbandman. And he said this husbandman was tending these vines. And uh, the master or the owner of the vineyard comes and sees something that should be bringing forth fruit. And he says, why is this wasting space? Why are we continuing to pour resources into this unfruitful plant? And again, it was a fig tree. And uh, specifically in the book of uh, Luke chapter 13, the Lord says, it's been three years. I've come searching for fruit on this tree for three years and haven't found any. Just get rid of it. And interestingly, uh, the husbandman says, Give me one more year. Let me work on it. Let me dig around it. Let me fertilize it. One more year. And see if we can bring forth fruit. Wow. And it speaks to us of how God is, is long-suffering and he's merciful. And he's, he's, he knows where we're at. He knows what we're going through. And he's watching. And he's waiting for that fruit. And... Uh, he doesn't necessarily expect it in that first year, that second year. In other words, he's not going to condemn us or throw us on the garbage heap quickly, but he is looking for fruit out of our lives. And then, of course, I always think of the husbandman as a man of God, a laborer, or maybe you, as you're working with a brother or a sister in the Lord and God has placed a burden of intercession in your life and you're praying for that person and you're, you're discipling that person, you're loving them and you're praying, God, give us a little more time. Let's, let's pour ourselves into this a little bit more. And often a pastor is praying along those lines. God, help me to know how to help this person. And uh, we want you to be glorified in this life. Absolutely. So as we as we close out this episode, 
We're talking about being faithful, faithful to the things of God, faithful to the house of God, faithful to the word of God, faithful to your time in prayer, faithful, just, just being faithful. Yes. And so if you don't feel, and you made a tremendous point, and I think it's worth repeating, and I'll probably have you repeat it exactly how you said it, but just because you're feeling discouraged or you're feeling um, like you're not where you should be or where you could be or w whatever it may be, uh, Brother uh, Foster, you, you said this, and it was profound, and, and I think it's worth saying, but you, you said, you know, just one more year. You know, that husbandman said, give me just one more year. So if you would just, I, I want to, and I feel this in the Holy Ghost right now, I want to encourage you that if you feel discouraged, if you feel like quitting and you feel like giving up, you feel like your your labor is in vain. I assure you, your labor is not in vain. Your labor is not in vain. Amen. Because in due season, in, in due season, due season, you shall reap if, if, if you faint not. Faithfulness. That's exactly it, Brother Crooker. Wow. That's the faithfulness right there. If you faint not. And remember this, the victory that could be around the corner is completely unknown if you won't keep walking down that road of faithfulness. And you've just mentioned some of the areas of faithfulness. As you know, I've, I've not got into any specifics here. I'm just looking at this kind of big picture, bird's eye view of the concept in Scripture. But in every area that you mentioned and others, the harvest, the fruit can come in this very next season of your life. But you won't know that until it happens. And I am convinced that the enemy has caused people to lose their focus and to abandon their faithfulness often right before a season of harvest and a season of fruitfulness. Wow. And I really believe that the word of God is teaching us that these trees and these vines are valued and prized and mentioned so often precisely because they stand the test of time. They look at the long game. They're ready to be purged and cleansed over the course of years, and they're ready to be continuously fruitful. And uh, another thing that maybe is a topic for another time is define fruitfulness. The world has this idea of success which we talked about briefly right at the beginning here that is not necessarily god's view or idea of success and the faithful life is not always celebrated it's not always heralded it's not always noticed 
but there is a watcher. There is one who sees and knows. And a faithful life, I believe, is naturally fruitful. You don't have to try to conjure it up or force it. It happens as a direct result of the process of time being planted by that river of living water, sinking in roots deep into the fertile soil of the word of God. And naturally, that faithful life brings forth fruit. Amen. Amen. This is what I feel to do. Um, what is one thing the, the, the hearer has, has listened for almost 45 minutes and, and now we're getting ready to close out the episode. What is one thing you want the hearer to walk away with? Yeah, that's a great a great way to wrap this up, Brother Cooper. Um, I think the, the big concept that I want us to meditate on and pray about in our personal lives is God help me to view faithfulness and fruitfulness through your eyes, the way you view it. I want to think about these things like God thinks, not like the world thinks. I want to let God and his word create in me the drive and the desire to go forward in faithfulness. It's not always the loud voices. It's not always the swiftest runners. It's not always the most talented. Hey, Here's a pitfall of natural talent and ability. People that are naturally talented and able can rely on that for quick success. And then when the trials of life come and the hard times come, they can't stand the heat or they can't pass the test. And so let's meditate on and pray about God. Give me a concept, a revelation of faithfulness and fruitfulness that comes from your spirit and from your word. Regardless of what the world says, I want to be faithful to you, to the things of God, to the word of God, to the plan of God for my life, so that I can be fruitful, not just in this season, but all through the rest of my days. In this world that says we don't have enough time, let's remember, all we have is time. Let's make the time that we have count through faithfulness toward God. This podcast is made possible because of listeners like you who are willing to bridge the gap. We now have a sponsorship program on our Anchor website in which you can become a monthly sponsor of $1, $5, or $10 a month. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.